Alright, if you have your Bibles, we're going to get right into this. I'm going to be dealing with the topic of angels tonight, and how that angels are assigned to fight on our behalf, but not only that, but also how to activate them. How many of you need to know how to activate an angel? There's many times when, you, when people have got angels, and uh, they know about angels, but they don't have a clue how to get angels to work on their behalf. And tonight we want to deal with that. How many of you want to learn some stuff? Alright, let's go to Jude, chapter, chapter 1. Okay, Jude 1. Let's start there in verse 9. I just want to quickly just give you the three major angels, excuse me, in the Bible. Okay, there are three major angels, and they are known as archangels, and these are the main ones. Number one is Michael. We find him in Jude uh, verse 9, and it says, Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, uh, when, he, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reveling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Okay, so in other words, when Michael was busy sorting out the fight over Moses' body, and Satan wanted Moses' body. It's very interesting how that there were some um, beings that the devil really had some sort of input in this thing. But when it came to this, Michael said, I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. And that was the end of that, okay? And he didn't sit down and accuse the devil of anything. He didn't get into anything. And Michael is the warring angel. Okay, so his job is to go to war and go and fight. Okay, then we get Gabriel, which is the messenger angel, and we find him in Luke. Okay, now there's three of these major archangels that we have in the Bible. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, chapter 1, verse 26. And I want to just deal with these things quickly, but then we're going to get into the exciting stuff of the normal angels, <laughs> the ones that we deal with mostly. Okay, Gabriel is in verse 26. Luke 1. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Okay, this is now the story where Gabriel comes and he speaks to um, the, uh, Mary about Jesus Christ and that he's going to be born through Mary a virgin. And Gabriel is the messenger. So he's the one that comes and gives the messengers. And then we know Isaiah chapter 14, the third archangel is Lucifer. Okay, let's quickly give you the scripture there, Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. And I want you to have a look at this because this one's quite interesting. Because Satan's job was the worship leader. Okay, in heaven. Now the problem with this is, is that even though he lost his position, he's still after music. He's still after music, and music is still a major influence in his life. Okay, and that is why he's trying his best, even to today, to attack worshippers. Okay, if you go and look and you want to find out where the biggest fights are in a church, you'll find it's always in the praise and worship team, generally. The reason for that is, is because the devil hates that, because that worship represents what he was standing for. Not only did it represent that, but remember that that praise breaks every yoke. And so, it's very important that we understand that Satan will do everything to destroy that. Alright, verse 12, Isaiah 14 verse 12, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you have cut down to the ground, and you, are weak, and you have weakened the nations. 
For you have said in your heart, I will send into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation, uh, on the furthest side of the north, I will send to the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High God. Remember that this is where he was sitting down and he was exalting himself, and he thought that he could be equal to God, and he thought he could overthrow God, and then God just said, listen, I'm chucking you out of heaven. Now what was interesting was that God didn't even chuck him out of heaven, he told Michael to go and chuck him out of heaven. Now this is, I just want to just deal with this thing, because it's important that we understand this, is that Satan's position was a worship leader. He was not the warring angel. So yet, when we sit down and we think of the devil and demons, we think of this massive war going on, we think of this massive fight, I want you to understand that you're busy fighting the praise and worship leader. I mean, you've got the, Michael, who is an archangel of war, going against the praise and worship leader. Satan is not the warring angel. He's not this massive thing to come in and attack everybody. And he does, because we allow him to. And I'm going to show you what we need to do and how to do it. But I want you to understand that Satan's plan is always to disrupt the worship. Because the worship is the praise to God, is to get the, the praise going to God, and God is looking for that fellowship. Alright, so I want you just to have a look and know that these are the three main angels. Michael the warring angel, Gabriel the messenger, and then Satan who was the musician, uh, or Lucifer. Alright, now, I want you to look at the common angels. Now these are the common angels that are here on the earth, and they are here to serve you and I. They are here to help us. Now I want you to take note of some of these, because some of you will never have even known this. Did you know that according to the Word of God, every single child has been assigned an angel? Every child, when they are born, they are assigned an angel. I want you to write this down, Matthew chapter 18, and verse 10. So I want you to know that from the time that a child is conceived and born into this world, he has his own angel. Listen to this. Verse 10, it says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, speaking about the babies. For I say to you that in heaven the angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So every single child has got an angel that is assigned to them. And that angel is meant to work on their behalf. Is meant to do things supernaturally on their behalf for them. The problem that we've got is, is that many angels are standing ready to do work, but they are not commanded to and they're not released to do the work that is needed. So I need you to understand that when I get to the end of tonight, you are going to have to catch this because I believe with all my heart that there are a lot of angels that are assigned for us, that are supposed to be fighting for us, supposed to be doing things on our behalf, and they are sitting there inactive. They are standing there and waiting for the commands and they see everything going on on the earth and they are not doing anything because they have not been released to do it. So how many of you want to get your angel working? You see, now when we sit down and we speak about a guardian angel, this is what they are talking about. The angel that has been assigned to every single person. There is an angel that is assigned, at least one, that is assigned to every single individual to be able to get you to some way that God has for you. According to Psalm 34 verse 7, it says that every single Christian has got an angel. Let's just quickly go there. Psalm 34 verse 7. 
I hope that you learned something tonight. Because a lot of us really need to know that God has given us tools of weapons. And we need to not only know what they are, but we need to know how to use them. Okay? Verse 7. It says this, And the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear God and He will deliver them. So you need to know that the angel of the Lord is there ready to do work on your behalf. And in Hebrews it says that we have ministering angels that are sent out to work on our behalf. So what are those ministering angels? How do I get them to start working in the spirit realm? Okay, it's important that we start getting hold of these things. Now, before I do that, I just want to give you two more facts about some of these angels. The first one is, is that the church in the book of Acts understood these angels thing. They understood it. We do not. How many of you have been taught that you've got an angel and that you should know that your angel's working on you? On your behalf is there for you. Okay? Most of us know about angels, but most of us are not actually being taught and realized in the spirit realm that this is so real. Because in Acts um, chapter 12, let's go there quickly. Acts chapter 12, we see that uh, the early church understood the ministry of angels. Okay, 12 verse 10. Sorry, 12 verse 15. Listen to this. But they said to her, You are beside yourselves, yet you keep insisting that it was so. Now remember that this is Peter, okay, that is busy sitting down. And remember that he was, he was in prison. And they, he comes and he knocks on the door. And they go, listen, you are beside yourself, it's not really true. And they said to her, it is his angel. It's not him, it's his angel that's over there. So in other words, they understood that there were angels assigned to everybody. And when this person knocked on the door, they did not recognize it as Peter. They said, listen, it must be his angel rocking up. Because Peter is locked up in prison, we know he is. And yet God had freed him. Okay, and then yeah, Peter comes to the door and he knocks and says, please let me in. They go, yes, we're not sure, we think it's his angel. Okay, but what I want to make plain to us is, is that the church, the early church, understood the ministry of angels. They understood and we're expecting angels. We do not expect angels today. We do not look for angels. We don't expect angels. We don't even think about them. We know that a third of the angels fell out of heaven and that these two thirds, we're not quite sure what they do. They hang around somewhere along the line and they, they are, they, they're busy worshipping God. We know that they're in heaven. Let me tell you something. Angels are meant to be there to help you, to help the human race fulfill what they are meant to do. I'm telling you, we are sitting in the most awesome time. Remember that when you get born again, you have Jesus Christ in your life, you have the Holy Spirit, the God who created the entire universe living inside of you, and you have angels working on your behalf. Let me tell you something, you should not be losing. The only reason why we do that is because we don't have a revelation, first of all, that this is so real, and the second problem is we don't know how to activate it. And I'm going to help us tonight so we get this thing sorted out. The other thing that's interesting is this, is that when you die, your angel takes your spirit to heaven. Okay, in Luke chapter 16, let's go and have a look there quick. I'm giving you lots of scripture because I want you to understand this. Luke chapter 16 verse 22. It says, And it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. 
Okay, then the rich man also died. Now, how do you know that this is not a parable? I want to just help you. Whenever the Bible mentions a person's name, then it is not a parable. If it says a certain man or somebody or whatever, then it's a parable. Okay? If it goes specifically and it says a certain name, like you'll say yeah, a rich man went there. It didn't say a certain man. Went directly to Abraham's bosom. And then you see the story of Lazarus on the other side. Okay? So this is a real event that's taking place. And the angels went and carried him into Abraham's bosom. So I want you to know that when you die off this planet and you breathe your last breath, your spirit gets transported by angels and those are the ministering angels that have been assigned to you and your angels go and take you there. It's not like you go to the pearly gate and please tick your name and get in. Like we see on TV somewhere. Okay, your angels are assigned to fight on your behalf the whole time. They're ready for you. They will do what they have to do as long as you activate them. And if you die, they will take you directly to God the Father, wherever it is right now. Okay, in other words, you're not going to Abraham's bosom. You're not going to hell waiting for something. You go directly into God's presence. Now comes the exciting stuff. I want us to go to Daniel chapter 10, and I want us to look at this story quickly. And I think it's going to be very important that we get this thing right. Daniel chapter 10. So now I've established that every one of us have at least one guardian angel. According to Hebrews, we have a bunch of them that minister on our behalf. But I need to get them to minister on my behalf. And I want us to have a look in Daniel, and I want you to have a look at this story. And most of us have heard it before, but I want to highlight a few things in this. Daniel chapter 10. And we're going to pick it up from verse 12. Actually, before I get to Daniel 10, just keep your finger there if you found it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23 quickly. I want to just show you something here. And remember that this is now in the Old Testament. This is now even before Jesus Christ died. Okay, before we have all the rites of the New Testament. This is still in the Old Testament that God did these things. In Exodus chapter 23 verse 23. I want you just to look at this verse. It says, For my angel, God speaking to Moses. He says, For my angel will go before you, okay, into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, okay, the... Uh, Hivites, okay, all the ites of Jebusites, I will, and I will cut them off. Now I want you to see something. How many angels is God going to go and send to go and kill all his armies? One. There is one angel that goes, and it is not even Michael. It says, I will assign one angel to you, my, uh, Moses, and all these ites, all these armies that are taking up this land will be cut off in front of you because I'm sending my angel. I want you to know that there is power when God releases angels on your behalf, ministering spirits on your behalf to go and change situations. I want to challenge us today. We have not activated our angels. I believe with all my heart that a lot of our angels are standing ready for the the command and we are not letting them go. I'm going to teach you how to do it tonight. How many of you are ready for this? It's going to be fun, eh? You see, the Bible says that one day we're going to judge angels. Some of us are going to sit down and say to our guardian angel, well done, you saved me many times. (laughs) You protected me, I should have been dead 50 times over. Alright, let's go to Daniel now. 
And I want you to see that when we speak about angels, we are talking about beings that are very powerful. They are not these weakling little things that you see all over the place. But I want you to have a look at Daniel chapter 10 verse 12. It says, Then he said to me, this is an angel speaking to Daniel, Then he said to me, Do not fear Daniel, Okay, for when the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. And it says, And the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Okay, so for 21 days, here's Daniel, he prays. And he prays a prayer, and it takes 21 days for the answer to come back. Because the angel who was bringing the answer back got held up in war for 21 days. So he was fighting so hard, and he was fighting this prince of Persia. In other words, it was a demon that was over a nation. And he was fighting this one particular demon. And so what has happened is this. Michael, one of the chief princes, now you know Michael, he's he's the warring angel. So Michael rocks up and decides, listen, I'm not going to take any more nonsense. I'm going to sort this out. Michael, one of the chief uh, princes, came to help me, for I'd been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Not the king of Persia, with the kings of Persia. What is he saying? He had a whole bunch of demonic things that he was busy fighting off, and he had been fighting for 21 days, left alone, and then eventually Michael steps in and sorts this lot out, and he gets back. But now this is what I want you to see very clearly. What got that angel to move? Listen to what he says, verse 12, it says, Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. So now, when does that translate into the New Testament? Okay, I'm going to get to that now. Now, before I get to answering that thing about your words, I want to show you something. That angel has now had to fight for 21 days to get an answer through, to get a breakthrough through. Okay, whatever needed to happen, 21 days he fought. I want to tell you right now, we don't have the same problem in the New Testament. Why not? Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. It's important that we understand this. We do not have these battles that they used to have in the Old Testament. There's some things that have been changed, and I want you to get this because it's important, because when we understand this, we are going to be able to change a lot of things in our lives. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says this, Make it verse 14. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that is against us, this is Jesus Christ, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it away, having nailed it to the cross. Look at verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he has made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So what does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ has come and he has disarmed every principality, every demonic spirit that is around uh, anymore. So now, when an angel has to move, he's fighting against somebody who's disarmed. They are not armed anymore. They are not the issue that they were in Daniel. And does it say that Michael got disarmed? No ways. Michael has still got his armory. The the angels are still ready to fight on your behalf. They're ready to move on your behalf. But the thing that you need to understand is that they are not fighting an armed force anymore. They are fighting a disarmed force. 
and they are fighting on your behalf to make things happen in the natural that are supposed to be lined up in the spiritual. But now comes the thing, how do I activate that? Well, let's have a look. Let's go to another place where we activate. Psalm 103. And this is the scripture that most people understand, and most people do this, but I want to show you how to activate angels. How do I get angels to start fighting on my behalf and taking back territory? Psalm 103 verse 20. I get very excited when I see this. Blessed... Uh, sorry, bless the Lord, you his angels who insel in strength, who do his word. Now listen to this, heeding the voice of his word. Heeding the voice of his word. In other words, if the angel does not do what is in line with the Bible, he does not sit down, an angel goes, well, it's in the Bible, so I'm just going to do it. No, he only does it when it is spoken. It has to be the voice of the word. So if you at any given time speak the word, the angels are activated. Number one, there's two ways you activate angels. Number one is I speak the word. I say this is the word of the Lord. Okay, By his stripes I was healed. Spirit of sickness, I command you to go. And we start, there comes a fight. Your angel starts fighting immediately. Your angel gets up and says, listen, this is in line with the word, it is spoken word, I start reacting on this and I start doing because it is written word that is spoken. That is why Jesus Christ came and he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He didn't have to use anything else. And that's why Satan sat down and says, but if you jump down here and you can call all these angels to catch you, he didn't need to. He didn't need to sit down and make that prove that point and make that public thing to Satan. All he had to do was quote the scripture and the angels operated anyway. The minute he quoted scripture, the angels started to fight on his behalf. Now, the second one is something that you really need to understand. The minute you pray in line with the word, the minute you command in line with the word, let me give you an example. It says that you shall cast out devils. Alright? The minute you cast out a devil, you say, in the name of Jesus, I cast you out. The minute you are in line with the word, and you are doing God's will, the minute you proclaim that word according to God's will, angels start moving immediately. It is not only the word of God, it's also the will of God. In other words, if it's in line that you have already got it. Let me give you an example. If I sit down and I say, listen, according to the word of God, okay, in, in, let's just quickly use an example. Let's go to um, uh, Genesis 1.26. Let's just quickly just give you an example. 1.26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. Do you see that? That is God's will. God's will is, is that you have dominion over this whole earth. Who has it? Human beings. Are you guys with me? The minute you command something on this earth, angels start moving. Because according to God's word, you have that dominion. Are you guys with me? But it doesn't say that I have to go and tell this mountain to go into the sea. 
Or I curse this tree because Jesus cursed the fig tree. The minute Jesus cursed the fig tree, it was not because he cursed the fig tree that had moved. It was because he was in line with the word of having dominion over the earth. The minute he released that dominion, angels started to move on his behalf. Whatever the situation is. Are you guys with me? So the minute you want something done, you need to know the word because the minute you pray the word or speak the word or command the word according to the word of God, angels then start moving on your behalf. Now why don't we see this happening? Because we are not speaking it. We are not quoting scripture. We are not releasing it by faith. We are not saying in the name of Jesus, I release this and I thank you that it's going to happen. If we understood the mighty power that has been given us, not only in the Holy Spirit, not only through Jesus Christ's blood, not any of the other weapons or the word of God, but because of the angels that are standing guarding you. You know that I have often had children sleep over at my house and they physically see the angel standing at my house. They physically see it. You see, and I want you to know that that is not strange. I expect that. I expect my territory to be guarded by angels because I will pray a prayer and I say, Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus and that protection. When I say that, what happens? My angels go to attention and go, that's according to the word. I'm going to protect this turf. I'm telling you, it's one of the most exciting things to see or realize that angels are there to fight for you. They are there to protect you in the spirit. Remember I said to you, angels don't always do the stuff in the physical. They do the stuff in the spiritual because the spiritual impacts the natural. Listen carefully, the spiritual always impacts the natural. If you want to change the natural, you have to change the spiritual. Because the spiritual is stronger than the natural. So I want to challenge us tonight. Do not just take these things lightly. Do not take the word of God lightly. Sit down and say, God, this is my scripture that I need for this breakthrough. The minute I quote that scripture, I know that angels are fighting on my behalf. They are moving on my behalf. They are busy pushing back circumstances and situations so that I can get the victory. And remember what is exciting is they are fighting a disarmed group. So anything that is hassling me or hindering me, I can turn that whole situation around as long as I quote the word. Or I sit down and say, God, I quote the word directly. This verse is what I'm quoting. Or I am speaking in line with the will of God over my life. What has been given to me as a child of God, one of the things that has been given to me as a child of God is the blessing and the inheritance of Abraham. So whatever Abraham was blessed with, I can have. I can speak it over my family. I can speak it over my, uh, my situation. And whenever I do that, things start moving in the spirit realm because I'm doing it according to what is mine. Are you guys with me? So it's important that we change our mindset and go, well, it was just a simple little prayer. Man, that simple little prayer releases a whole army in the spirit. A whole army can change and the whole thing can change just because you're praying. See, this is what I really enjoy. Is We got this testimony of this um, one lady who was uh, in Botswana. And she says, she's telling the story of this prayer intercessor. And all she was, she was a little frail little old tiny, And she used to go and pray and pray and pray. And she intercessor, that's all she could do. And one day she was busy praying. And the next second she hears, guara, guara, guara outside. 
and looks outside and there's a whole bunch of witches that have now landed here in the front door. And she says, what are you, who are you? They go, but you're not supposed to be home. So they go, well, what do you mean not supposed to be home? So they said, listen, we fly over your house and over this area in the, in the natural, in the atmosphere. But when you start praying, it's a no-fly zone. And when we, and now you're not supposed to be home. She says, yeah, well, I canceled the meeting. I stayed at home today and whatever. So they said, yeah, well, now we can't fly because now it's a no-fly zone. Because the power that you release is greater than our stuff. You see, I like that. You see, but now, let me tell you something. A lot of us, when we pray, we don't realize what we're releasing. A lot of us are just praying, and pray, God, I don't see anything. I don't experience anything. I don't feel anything. It's got nothing to do with what you feel, because you're not seeing the battle that's going on around you. I want to challenge us to get serious about this and know that if we are going to protect our boundaries, if we are going to sit down and start taking things for the Lord, we have got to start releasing the Word of God out of our mouths. We have got to say, in the name of Jesus, I put a bloodline around my house. I release a protection around my house. I bind every demonic spirit. I command you to go. Let me tell you something. When you do that, I'm telling you, every angel that you've got starts just checking them out and going, Your angels are there to fight for you, to protect you and to minister to you and for you. So I want to challenge you. Do not take this lightly. Okay? I'm telling you it is the most exciting thing if children start seeing this. When children start saying, listen, I love staying there because there's these big white beings standing guard there by Uncle Arthur's house. It was only Janine's house at the time. There was this particular lady, her child would never sleep out. Never. But she loved sleeping at our house because she always saw these white beings standing there. And eventually her mother says, how come you're comfortable there? She says, there's no problem. I see these big things. They're bigger than people standing there around the house. And she was comfortable. Let me tell you something. In the spirit, a lot is happening that we are not aware of. And we have got to start doing it. And the same thing happens in our cities. When we start praying against stuff or praying for stuff, the Bible says whatever you loose is loose, what you bound is bound. We have got to start releasing the word. And we as Christians are far too slack to do that. We far too slack to do that. We would rather try and deal with it in the natural or complain about it instead of releasing the Word of God over it and letting it change in the Spirit. And saying in the Spirit realm, this is going to change. When I release the Word, there are angels being released on my behalf. There is an authority that has been released and things are going to change in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, let's pray. Lord, I just pray for every single person today. Lord, that we are never going to be the same again in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that after tonight, we are going to realize that if we speak the word and quote the scriptures, Lord, and if we pray according to your will, Lord, that things are going to happen in the name of Jesus. And Lord, that we are going to turn around and change circumstances and situations in the mighty name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that as we do that, we are going to see the power of God. God.
God flowing like we've never seen it before. Lord, I thank you for the protection that is given to us because of the angels that are surrounding us and encamping us. Lord, because we trust you, we believe in you, and Lord, we just thank you for that protection. Lord, we thank you for the awesome power that has been given to the body of Christ. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you have disarmed every one of our enemies in the Spirit. Lord, that we do not have to wait for months and days for answers, but in the Spirit things move quickly. And Lord, I thank you that you have given that to us as the church. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.